Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right. So before we get started here, you may, if you got here earlier on time, uh, you saw that we had a little tribute uh, concerning 9-11. So we're at the 20th anniversary here uh, yesterday. And um, I remember when that happened, and I remember it was probably a time of more than ever in my life. I'm like, what is going on? And um, since then, though, uh, I've had a few moments of what is going on. And so I wanted, if we could, could we just take a minute just to pray for our nation and for what is going on? Can you grab a hand next to you? And um, let's just pray together. So, um, Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are in charge. And uh, when we don't understand what's going on, uh, things are not out of your control. Things are not out of your hands. And uh, there is much going on uh, in our nation today. Uh, that seem to have been building from that day. And uh, Lord, we ask that you would have mercy on us. We ask for grace. Lord, we ask for revival, that people's hearts would turn towards you and that we would come to what we really need, uh, which is the gospel of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would give our leaders wisdom and that you would just take the blinders off their eyes, off our eyes. Lord, we just ask for your mercy in the midst of these strange times. We thank you, God, that we have hope. Lord, we thank you that we have joy. We thank you that we can be at peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. So um, I have a, uh, I've got a new title. I don't know if you know that, but uh, I got, I apparently, uh, I've discovered that I am a tube puncher. So I didn't know that before. And so um, my daughter, uh, she works with the National Ability Center. She's a raft guide in Moab and uh, takes people with disabilities down the river. And so she took me uh, down a three-day trip. Uh, we started over at Loma and came out at Cisco there, went through Westwater. And um, they were all on a paddle raft. And there was a woman there who was leading, uh, she had an oar boat and she needed another person. And um, so she's now, she's been down that river 136 times. That was her 137th trip. This lady knew what she was doing. I mean, she was amazing. And uh, she trains a lot of the guides. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. And so um, what a two-puncher is, just so you understand my new role, is that um, as the raft is kind of going up on a rock like this, she says, punch tube. And so what I do is, okay, ready? This is my move. You go from here to here. Okay, that's it. And apparently I am really, really good at it. She was like, you, you are a great two-puncher. And so, I, so we're going down, I think it was called like Skull Rock, and she says, punch tube. And so I did it. And she's like, good job. I'm like, yeah. And we stayed out of the room of doom and we were able to keep going forward. And I was like so into it, I just started doing it, like without even asking. I'm like, bah, bah. she's like, okay, yeah, okay, punch tube. Good job. Here's my point. So um, there's no doubt that I needed her, right? No doubt. Like, I mean, I, uh, she knew how to get through the river. I would have died without her. I would have been in the room of doom, stuck there, just getting sucked down. I would have been in all sorts of problems. Um, if I, and if I got in trouble, I needed her to rescue me. I don't know how to rescue her. Uh, but she needed me. That's why I had to go on her raft. She needed a tube puncher. 
And my point here, listen, I don't know how long you've been walking with Jesus. I don't know if you know like all the intricacies, you know, yeah, I've been through this before, you know, this is my fourth decade with him, or you're brand new and all you know how to do is just punch tube. I I don't know, but we need you. And we need each other. You know, she needed my girth. She needed all of this right here to just go forward and push that and hold that thing down. We need you and we need one another. I'm going to prove it to you here. Um, I bring, we've got a list here. So I, I went, um, now just, I, I did this, my own little list here. I went into NIV and I typed in, in quotes, one another. And there were 85 times that you see the phrase one another in the Bible. There's 65 times that you see it in the New Testament. And of those 65, 40 in the New Testament are very prescriptive, just like this, of what God wants us to do for and with one another. One another, one another, again and again. And so what we have here is, now you wouldn't be surprised, the one that came up most and it started, I mean, Jesus was the first one to say it, is we are to love one another. Five times. And now this doesn't even have each other's in it. There's a bunch of each other's as well. And then five times scripture says, encourage one another. And then three times, and I kind of wanted to ignore this one, but it came up three times, greet one another with kisses. So we got some policies we're gonna have to kind of work out on this one. So actually, we're going to stay with fist bumps and the Christian side hugs right here, okay? That's, uh, that's how we'll, we'll, we'll live that one out. But greet one another. Serve one another humbly came up twice. Bear with one another twice. Instruct and teach one another two times. Be devoted to one another. This is great. Honor one another. Here's one we really need right now. Live in harmony with one another. Do not slander one another. Do not grumble against one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another, agree with one another, build one another up. Here's something we just did, sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with one another. So Spotify is great, and your car is great, but he's actually, God is telling us, get together, do this with one another. Here's a powerful one, submit to one another, forgive one another, admonish one another, spur one another on to love and good deeds offer hospitality to one another. So here's the thing. How can we do any of those things with one and no other? We are meant to be together. See, when God brought the church together, these are the things that he had in mind. This is his heart for you. This is his heart for the church. This is what we are supposed to be living out. I mean, is there anybody here who could use a few of these things on this, this list? Want to be in harmony? Want to be encouraged? How about being honored? How about being built up? This was the idea of the church, but it happens together. One another, one another, one another. You know, we're in this series, uh, Never Again. And I'll tell you what, I, I don't think, 21 months ago, I don't think the church was ready and, I, and I'm not just talking about grace. I'm not talking about the church uh, across town. I'm talking about the church, Jesus' church. I don't think the church was ready for what came. I think we were way too concerned about our individualistic desires, preferences. I think, I think church really, for all, a lot of us, it was just kind of like, yeah, that's something I add to my life. It's all about me. You know, oh, I like this worship. I like that preaching. I like this. I like that. 
I don't think we were ready for what came because we were not together like Jesus intended for the church to be together. And so here's a question I have for you. What if, what if what happened 21 months ago, what if that was just a practice run? Are we ready? Church, are we ready? Listen, we cannot do it like we did it before 21 months ago. Never again can we do church like that. I mean, this is one of the greatest convictions that have come out of the last two years for me. Church has to be different. If we're gonna go forward, if we're gonna be able to move forward in these difficult, crazy times, we have to do church differently and we have to do it together. And you know, you bring that list, will you bring that list back up here? I mean, these are things that I want in my life. These are things that we need. Look at the blessing that God has for us when we get together. The encouragement, acceptance, forgiveness, hospitality, I mean, just so many things. Small group leaders, in fact, if you're a small group leader, this would be a great picture. You could take a picture of this right now and here's some goals for your small group. Here's some things that we're trying to bring out together and what God actually wants to work together as we communicate and commune with one another. And listen, if you want those things and you don't have those things, I want to challenge you, get in a small group. So we've got a small group guide out there right now. And uh, Gina and Rennell, the team, they've worked so hard on that. There's all sorts of ways that you could connect with one another and live that out. We're going to have a barbecue right after this service that I want to invite you to. It's free and you come and eat and you can just meet different small group leaders. We're going to spend time with one another. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, don't you know how busy I am? And now you're just, Carl, you're just adding another thing that I have to do in my life. No, guess what? You know what I'm doing? I'm telling you to stop doing the right thing and start doing, I mean, the wrong thing. And (laughs) darn it, this is going to be such a powerful point. Stop doing the wrong thing and start doing the right thing. So yes, I'm telling you to get some things out of your life so you can do the most important things. And I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Listen, church, if we are going to be the church, if we are going to be followers of Jesus, there are two big things you have to put into your life. A place to give. The Christian word for that is serve. A place to serve. We have to serve if we want to see God move and grow us. A place to give and a place to grow. And the Christian word for that is discipleship. And the way we grow is small groups. So I'm telling you not to add another thing to your life. I'm saying put the right thing in first and cut out the wrong things. Listen, this is essential for the church to be the church right now. This is essential for us to to move forward because one another is how God gets all those things on that list done. It's to, I mean, to not connect with one another is to just say, well, I don't want any of that. I don't need any of that. And see, I know there's some of us right now, you are saying, well, I don't need a small group. I have podcasts and I have sermons that I can listen to online. You know, I come in on Sunday, but you know, if that's what you're saying, your language is giving you away. I don't need that. Because the first lesson of Christianity is what we are saved by grace through faith, right? That's the first lesson. But do you know what the second, you know what like Jesus following 102 is? The second lesson is it's not about you. That's the second lesson. I mean, that's one of the big lessons of our faith. Well, I don't need a small group. Guess what? It's not about you. What if you were the one to someone else's another? What if they need a tube puncher? 
And their raft is going down if you don't get in there and you help them. Look at what God tells us in Hebrews 10, verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Oh, I'm so thankful he's faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's another passage in Hebrews that talks about, well, I'm afraid that that you're going to actually fall away from the faith unless you keep connecting with those who are going to help you move forward. And it's so interesting to me, as we are in crazy times here, it, it says, what do we do? It doesn't say meet less. It says, as you see the day approaching, I don't know if it's the end of the world. I'm not not saying that. I'm just saying as things get more crazy, you are supposed to meet more, not less. We're supposed to be more of the church, not less of the church as the world goes crazy. And see, the problem is when things get easy, we just kind of pull back and like, yeah, I got this. But it's time, church. It is time for the church to be the church. And we can only do that when we are together, one another, one another over and over in scripture. I mean, so much that happens comes from our connection together. That's how Jesus set it up. Do you know how relational our God is? Right? I mean, this is the whole thing. It's a, it's a relationship with Jesus. And then it's a relationship with one another. I mean, God is really into relationships. That's how he gets things done. And Coloradoans, especially Western Slope Indians, we are so in to the personal, individualistic, pioneer spirit. I got this. Leave me alone. It's anti-biblical. It's anti-kingdom. It's so important. Verse 24, what does it say? It says, let's spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now spur, think about that. Anybody been spurred before? Doesn't sound real comfortable. Has anybody here ever needed a kick in the pants? Ever needed that? I mean, I know I have. I needed someone just to tell me how it is. So my pastor, he's a missionary to, to the Baltics, and, and he, he, a number of times, he gives me a kick in the pants, and it's usually the same three words. He says to me over and over again, he says, Carl, get over it. Get over it. I'm like, well, you know, Brad, they betrayed me and, and they complained and send me emails and, and they don't, they don't, they misunderstand my heart. And he says, well, did Jesus ever get betrayed? Was Jesus ever misunderstood? Did they ever complain about Jesus? Get over it, Carl, and go do your job. All right, Brad, I will. Well, thank you. I'll do it. Proverbs 27, 6 tells us, that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Boy, we love flattery. You know, we love people to tell us how great we are. We love people to come, even people that we don't even know, like, oh, so what'd you like about that sermon? Tell me more. Right, but wounds from a friend can be trusted. And I mean, you're in trouble. Listen, if you don't have someone in your life who will tell you how it is, oh, I'm afraid for you. If you won't allow other people to tell you how it is, I'm afraid for you. Wounds from a friend could be trusted. Please tell me. You see, but, but there's other people that I know that, that sometimes like there's people who love to do this and they're not your friend, right? 
There's people who like to use the word of the Lord to just beat the tar out of you. And I get those words every once in a while. People are like, I have a word of the Lord for you. And they give it, and I'm like, man, God really doesn't like me. If that's a word from the Lord, God, he is really disappointed in me, right? So let me help you. That, that passage actually shows us. It gives us a test for a good kick in the pants and maybe where someone's just kind of being mean. And what does it say? It says, let us spur one another on toward guilt and self-condemnation. Oh, no, that's not it. Let us spur one another on to working harder and harder and harder so someday we can approve, get, earn God's approval. Oh, that's not it either. What is it? Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's how you know it's a good kick in the pants. That it moves us and motivates us to rise up and to become what we were supposed to become. You know a great question? If you're in a small group, you know a great question to ask your friends in the small group? Ask them this. When is the last time you took your wife out for a date? Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. We got to do that. That's love. That's good deeds. When, when, when is the last time you shared your faith with someone else? Oh, man. Yeah, pray for me. I want to do that. When's the last time that you showed your kid that they're really, really important to you? Spur me on to be who I'm supposed to be towards love and good deeds. Listen, guys, we can't do it alone. We were never meant to do this alone. And Gina and I, we've got a little uh, code it's not that mysterious, but um, we'll ask each other every once in a while. We'll say, hey, do I have any bats in the cave? And that's just like, are there any boogers in there that others can see? Are there any bats in the cave? No, you're clear. Go ahead. You get on stage now, right? Okay, now why do we do that? Because you can't see your own nose. And here's the problem, guys. We think we can, but many of us can't see our own heart. And it's coming out in our lives. Everybody else sees it. And some of us, we need to go up to a friend and some of us need a friend to come up to us, just put an arm around us and say like, bro, you got a soul booger and it's gross. And I, you don't know it, but it's coming out on everybody and they see it and just, we're all like, would you please take care of your soul booger, right? And I'm just going to tell you because it's, it's affecting everything and wipe that thing away, Ooh, right? Because you can't see it. We're blind. That's why we need one another. Show each other our soul boogers. Acts 4.32, Jesus gives us an idea here. Luke, speaking by the Spirit of God, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. One in heart and mind. And God loves unity. How good and pleasing it is when we come together and dwell in unity and praise the Lord. God loves us to be connected, loves us to be one heart and one mind. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm actually in the middle of a struggle right now. And you, know, you know, I'm just gonna tell you, one of my big struggles is I, am, I have to fight and I have to choose to not become a grumpy old man. Because I'm looking around and I just get so angry and like, Ugh. I'm actually on a seven day news fast right now. Because every time, yeah, every time I look at it, I'm just like, mm, and I just get so mad. I'm just become, the, the truth is I've been a grumpy old man since I was 20. I mean, that's just kind of the way that I go. Like, mm. But you know, I, I think a lot that's going on right now, and, and you can call them attitudes. 
You could call them strongholds. That's fine. We're in agreement. But actually, I think that they're principalities. I think that these are actually spiritual things that have been released on the world and certainly our country. And you know some principalities that I think that are reigning, that are ruling? And the thing is, the reason I'm telling you this, because they are encroaching on the church. And they're encroaching on me. And so here, let me give you three that I think are out right now that I think are just coming powerfully against you and against me. The first one is fear. I think there's a principality of fear in our nation right now. It's just kind of gripping people's hearts. I think there's a, a principality of division. I mean, let's fight about everything. Everything, we better fight about it. And we better get on Instagram and we, and we better talk about how mad we are about it, right? Which brings me to the third one, which is anger. I think there's a principality of anger. And the thing is, I'm seeing it creep into my heart and I'm becoming a grumpy old man. And I go into my small group and it's so refreshing because they say, Carl, you got a soul booger. And you need to clean that thing out. That's not who we're supposed to be. And they pull me back to the word and they pull me back to the truth. And I mean, as I'm together and fellowshipping, it's like, oh yeah, I remember what this is about. I remember, I forgot what walking with Jesus is. It's one another in him. I'll tell you, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, okay, now I just, I'm getting into this fray. I'm just gonna jump into this fight. And I can't tell you how many times, every time I, I mean, I, sometimes I have it all typed and I'm ready to go. And before I just say, okay, Holy Spirit, and, I, and, and the Holy Spirit just keeps speaking to me over and over again. And he keeps giving me the same message for every single one of these cultural fights. And you know what the, the message is that he keeps telling me? I, he's speaking to me very, very clearly. And he, say, he says, Carl, stay on mission. Stay on mission. Love God. Love others. Stay on mission. Because you know what? The world isn't lacking and in desperate need of grumpy old men. Plenty of them out there. Oh, but the world is so hungry for the love of God. Oh, the world is desperate for us to love one another as he loves us. Yeah, but they're attacking me. Yeah, but, but, but they're persecuting us. Yeah, they're coming against us. And what does Jesus say you're supposed to do with your enemies? Fight back? Write nasty posts about them. Love your enemies. This is Jesus' words, not mine. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Is that what we're doing, church? Love God. Love others. And he just keeps telling me, stay on mission. Stay on mission. Listen, there are so many differences in this room about so many things. Yet Jesus says, I want you, I want us in our differences to have one heart and one mind. And how on earth do we do that? Because we unite around the cross. Because we stay on mission of loving God and loving others. And listen guys, we can't unite if we don't connect. I need my small group to be the church. We need one another to be the church. Hebrews 10, 25, looking at our passage, Jesus says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Is there anyone here who needs encouragement? Right? You know what my favorite thing to say? My very favorite thing, I've, I've said it a few times in my small group, my very favorite thing, it's so powerful, it changes anything, changes everything, is I come before the small group and I say, guys, I need prayer. Oh, it's, 
felt good. Right then, the burden is shared. I mean, even if it's, guys, I messed up, I need prayer. It's so good because like, yeah, okay, we still love you. We're still for you. We're still in your corner. And they share the burden. They pray for me. They lift me up. They give me real solutions. Listen, do you have a crew? Do you have a crew where you can say, I need prayer? If you, listen, if, if you're going to be part of the flag football team or group, uh, small group, if you're going to be part of the pickleball small group, I don't care any of them. Make sure that you as leaders, listen to me, make sure you have a time where everyone could come and say, hey, I need prayer. Make sure that you're building a crew, okay? If you don't have a crew, get a crew. We are not meant to do this alone. We need to do this with one another. And so we got those small group guides out there in the Welcome Center. We got the barbecue coming, and and this is a chance for you just to, and you can make it as intense. You know, you could go in like, we're doing the deep dive into the word, or as light as you want, we're going to go paddleboard. But just make sure you find your crew. We all need a place to give, and we all need a place to grow. And in that one another list, I mean, did you see it? The first one was what? Love one another. Did you see the second one? Encourage. You see how many times God tells us to encourage one another? Five times. Encourage one another. 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 We all need encouragement. God knows. Man, you got to build each other up. There's so many things that are tearing us down. So many reasons to, to just be afraid and to give up. And no, we got we to spur one another on. Keep going. I got a call from uh, this insurance guy in uh, Loveland. He says, hey, I'm your insurance guy. I'm like, oh, you are, great. And I said, you know, I, uh, in, I used to live in Loveland and about 16 years ago uh, from your company, I bought a product. And he said, yeah, I know, it was me. I was the guy who sold it to you. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you. And um, actually what it was, it was a little college fund and it was a hundred bucks a month, so $33 a month per daughter. And I just put that away to, to help pay for their college. And I was like, you know what? I am so glad that you called me back all these years later because I wanted to thank you for selling that product to me because I've put two kids through college now. I've got a third one coming and there is no possible way I could have done it without that college fund. Thank you so much. You made all the difference for me 20 years later. That was like a big deal. And he said, wow. He says, nobody ever thanks the insurance guy. He says, oh, thanks so much for doing that. And, uh, you know, the thing is, when I hung up, there were two things that happened. One is he felt good about what he was doing. He was encouraged. And the second one is I felt good because I got to encourage someone. See, you need to give it and you need to get it. See, the whole thing, well, I don't need a small group. Yeah, but your small group needs you. We need one another. Now, I want you to trust me for just a second. I just want you to repeat this after me, okay? All right, so just repeat this after me. Ready? You can. You will. Let's go. Okay, let's do that one more time. You can. You will. Let's go. Now, this time, let's say it like you mean it, okay? All right? You can. You will. Let's go. Okay, now get into your small group and tell them that. You can, you will, let's go. Because you know what we're fighting? So many of us, we think we're fighting for the victory. That is absolutely false. You are not fighting for the victory. You are fighting from the victory. We have already won in Jesus Christ. And you need to go tell them, listen, you can, you will, let's go. He already won. 
Let's move forward. And we need each other to get behind one another and say, get out there. Get over it. Get back into the fight. And as you see the day approaching, it doesn't say, as you see the day approaching, stockpile ammunition. Jesus doesn't say, as you see the day approaching, get off the grid. Listen, if it was about this world, then the goal would be to be the last man standing. But it is not about this world. As you see the day approaching, encourage one another. Be the church. As you see the day approaching, love God and love others. As you see the day approaching, be one another, be together. We need each other. And the church, church, we will never have the power and the impact and the change that God wants to bring if we go it alone. And so I'm going to tell you, I think the world's getting crazier. And I'm going to tell you, you know how we're going to get through the crazy world? Together. Together. Looking at him together. Loving one another together. Trusting in him together. Rejoicing greatly together reminding each other of what's true and what's right and that you can do it. Get in there. Let's go. Reminding that he is always with us. That no matter what fire we walk through, there is another one in the fire. Don't you dare forget it. Remind each other of what's in us and who's with us. That we are going to win and we have reason to be joyful and we are victorious together. Father God, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that we are never alone, that you are walking through every fire with us. And Lord, I thank you that you are a God of relationship. Lord, that we are meant to do this with one another. And so Lord, I ask for forgiveness for my individualistic attitude. Lord, to think that I can do this alone. And Lord, I want to do this with my brothers and sisters. I want us to be the church that you wanted us to be. What you had in mind we're one heart, we're one mind, we're encouraging each other, teaching each other, helping each other. Lord, I pray that you would make us the church that you had in mind for these difficult times, Lord. I thank you that she's going to rise up and she's going to shine and we're going to be joyful and we're going to be hopeful. And most of all, we are victorious in you. Thank you, God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.